0: William Tinco, and we are at Transform broadcasting live from Greenhouse's booth. We have Deborah and Tim on, and we're going to introduce ourselves. So, Tim, why don't you introduce yourself first? Yeah. And then Deborah.
1: Hey, Tim Sackett, uh, TimSackett.com. I'm an HR analyst, uh, advisor in the space, run a company called HRUTech.com from uh, IT uh, engineering recruiting.
0: And a a Michigan State fan. Oh, go green. Let's see. That's what goes on. Deborah? Uh,
2: My name is Deborah Hannes, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Sparrow. Sparrow is a high-tech, high-touch leave management solution that manages all types of leave um, in the United States and Canada.
0: How long have you you been out? How long long has... We started Um,
2: Sparrow. we was started in 2018. Okay. Um, and we've been selling since like mid, mid-2019. mid So oh, we're not, these days we're affecting uh, hundreds of thousands of lives. You know, hundreds of thousands of people can go out on, leave knowing that they'll have Support of Sparrow managing the compliance and paperwork, and their dedicated leave specialist. Team.
1: I I really just want to ask questions about the people at Twitter that got laid off, and then they get, like they were on leave when they got laid off, and like they were just like, yeah, you're still fired. <laughs> like, well like, gosh, legally, pretty that, sure
0: that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't
1: know. Check me if I'm wrong like here, Sandy. I know there's so many of those stories. You're just like, how can someone not catch those? I think in Canada, you, uh, please it,
2: tell you, me if I'm wrong here. You actually, yeah, can yeah. can lay people yeah. off when they're on leave as long as it's a layoff. It's got to be a riff. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be a riff. It's got to be yep. a
0: part of a riff. You can't just say. You can't say. Janet. That, you can't
2: say this person is out. It's right. Right. It was one of those
1: things that you're like, welcome to the show. Is, they don't tell you this in college, do they? No. No,
0: this was not a part of the core curriculum.
1: Yeah, we, we forgot that part on onboarding.
0: Now this is dated information, so Deborah, please correct me, but I believe in Canada, or at least in Toronto, that maternity leave is a year, or up to a year.
2: Uh, that sounds right to me, although I would need to check with our team of leave experts to be sure but it 's definitely it's um, it's it's very interesting because I feel like the United States gets a lot of flack for right. not having federal paid leave right there 's been a lot of interest in federal paid leave in the last year uh, ten years or so you know right. there's so we sort of keep circling around it we get um, Uh, But instead, everything is getting passed at the state level. So we do have paid leave in a lot of states. Every every time there's a vote, there's a new state, usually like another two or three states rolling out with some form of paid leave. More progressive states? Mostly, yes. But also the ones that uh, usually have, those are often the states that have more companies as well. Um, So it does, um, but from HR's perspective, it's super complicated right. because they can't just say, here's the process. That's right. Like, I'd say it's almost like taxes level complicated. If you imagine <laughs> like filing your taxes without TurboTax, without uh, an accountant, uh, it's kind of like that times 10. Because like if you make a mistake on your taxes, it's no big deal. Right. you get a notice <laughs> in a year saying you want more money, you're yeah, done yeah. with it. Whereas if you make a mistake on this, you might be missing out on half of your pay for 20 weeks. right. Um, and then, you know, ultimately that ends up you know, if you consider that seventy percent of the population is living from paycheck to paycheck, you know That's that right. is it's a big number, a huge deal, and it's really uh, so. It's really an opportunity for employers to step up, right. and to be able to take care of their team during that time.
0: So, I, I think the text code, the U.S. tax code, should be a tweet.
2: It be, <laughs> I think.
0: I think the entire thing should be so short that it hits, one hundred and forty characters. You're done. 165. Uh, years yeah, I mean, so it's bit.
2: possible that it's the same thing should be true of leave, leave <laughs> right. management yeah, as right. well. Yeah, any yeah. HR uh, policy. Yeah. There. That, <laughs> there that's, that's going to be my suggestion for federal I, paid leave. I just
0: tweeted it. Done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, um, Deborah. Well, let's let's move into DEI for just a second. So we're unpacking this with Greenhouse to understand and better understand kind of where we feel like we've made some strides mm-hmm. and where we maybe maybe uh, maybe moved backwards. Um, so. Might ask you the same questions. First of all, as you look across the landscape, corporate America, if you will, where do you think we've made progress in in terms of DEI? And if you don't think we've made progress, that's cool too.
2: I would say it depends on from what starting point. <laughs> right. Um, I like It's definitely... Um, there have definitely been strides since the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah. A lot of strides from the 1950s. 100%. Um, but I think... At, there are definitely still a lot of areas to grow. I'd say one area that I'm thinking about all the time is is leave, right. and I think leave really does have a huge impact on more, uh, you know, on women certainly, right. um, on minorities. Often, women and minorities disproportionately end up being caregivers, and a lot of them actually, if you ask them if they're a caregiver. They'll they'll say no, right. because you know yeah. it's just like it's a part of the social fabric. It's what you do. So they're just a mom.
1: They're a daughter. They're whatever, you know, right? They're, they're just like...
2: they're just they're just taking care of their parents. They're just yeah. taking care of you know aunts, uncles, grandparents because that is what a good uh, daughter, niece, nephew, whatever uh, does to take to c- take care of the people who they love and who are close to them. But with that, that means effectively. All of these people have an, an entire job outside of work, um, which you know it leads towards. It results in disproportionate burnout. Oh yeah, um, and you know just makes that their day job that much harder. Um, whereas the great thing about leave, and I think I feel like it's only really in the last probably last five years that people really started thinking about how to make. Uh, Great leave policies that are supporting their team I think for a long time even when Sparrow started in 2018 uh, the conversation was all around maternity leave and paternity leave right which is actually problematic in itself just that language because if you think about it uh, if you use language like maternity leave and paternity leave that's explicitly gendered that's right so if you have any sort of uh, non-traditional family right you know, like if you have two women who have a child together they might end up with twice as much leave as two men who have a child together. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of a problem, it sounds kind of like discrimination, like if you're in HR <laughs> that should make you feel bad.
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, but for years in HR I think our entire like, basis of, of establishing a policy was to show that we care but make sure it doesn't cost too much. <laughs> like that was just like there's this old constant yeah. ballast all the time of saying we want people to think they have great benefits but Great. we're don't, also trying to like dilute to like actually eliminate that money every single year and make yeah. it lower. Don't you know? read the details. Yeah. Don't, yeah.
0: please don't read the details. Tim, you know, from a DEI perspective, where do you think we've made strides or what do you when you let's say 5 years, last yeah. 5 years or so. Where do you think we've made some strides?
1: I think we're finally getting some hard measures around it. I think forever it was it's always about the conversation and about the feeling mm. And now I think executives have had that conversation for so long, they're like, hey, we need the data to show. Right. We no longer can have a conversation that just says, oh, if you have an exclusive, inclusive work environment, you know, team, um, you're automatically going to perform better. Show me, show me the numbers, Make, let's like, prove that out. Right. Because, by the way, it's actually not the case in every situation. Right. In a, in a great number of situations, yes, especially in white-collar tech workers, um, you know, people that are in those kinds of jobs. But when you get into, like, mass production, you get into manufacturing, it turns out, I, you know, actually being all the same actually gives you a higher level of productivity. Right. Um, and, but people don't want to talk about that kinds of stuff, right?
0: Right, 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 right Um. Right. And I
1: think that becomes one of those kind of interesting like, oh, things that we're, starting, we're finally starting to get data. I also think in the U.S., we are so overly concerned, I and mean, I'm not saying in a negative way, right. with, with DE&I. You and I both have a lot of conversations with a lot of our global peers. Right. And they are. What's, what's their answer? Oh, we don't have that issue. Yeah. And you're like, we don't have that issue in why South Africa. Why are y'all
0: still talking about this?
1: And you're like, um, when I travel internationally, diversity and inclusion is a major issue in almost every place I go. 100%. And they don't even see it. That's how right. far behind they are. That's right. And yet we try to act like we're the ones who are behind in the U.S., and I'm like, wow, this is a global issue. Yeah. And especially for global employers that they're not even having, like they just look at us like, why are you guys still talking about this? Yeah.
0: yeah. If we're behind.
2: Uh, no, uh, go, ahead. Uh, oh, I no, go wanted, ahead. I just wanted to say yeah. that that's a, it's an interesting point. Um, my background, before I started Sparrow, actually, I was doing my PhD in AI and machine yeah. learning. Oh, cool. And uh, I think people often think uh, – they think of diversity as a little bit one-dimensional or sometimes two-dimensional. It's either like it's just gender, it's just race. Right, right, right. Um, Whereas actually, if you have a truly diverse workforce, you can think about, you can measure gender, you can measure race, but lots of times you'll find areas where, uh, other areas where you are not diverse. Right. Um, Like a, a very funny example of this in Sparrow's, like early time i think when we were just like 10 or 20 employees you know sparrow has sparrow has actually like we've started out with a very diverse team right. on every dimension that people would usually well, think like of like you were
0: saying before we were we were live you intentionally built that into the fabric at the beginning like that we was in, that was intentional
2: we did we did it so the first you know we made sure that we were hiring a diverse team people with different backgrounds um, and d- different approaches to right. the system right. um, and we were very careful as we were building the team to make sure that the interview process was based on skills right. making sure that people were trained in things like unconscious bias training so that's you know a very a constant process I mean yeah. you can't really eliminate unconscious bias but we're no. making sure that we're always thinking about that but with that you know, we so these days. You know, Sparrow is 140 people. We're more than half women, more than half people of color, um, and uh, and that's at all levels, leadership right. on the executive level, management, right, 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 right. Uh, all, all the way. But when we were 20 people, um, all of those things were still true, but also everyone was a younger sibling.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, no interesting. Age, no, yeah, no age.
1: Yeah. Oh, so certainly,
2: we you. did not hire for that. We never asked about that in the interview <laughs> process. <Yeah>. <laughs> <Not>
1: <laughs> you, often can the,
2: you ask that question? You can't. I don't think you I can. Know, yeah, you know, no, no you can't ask
1: you the can. age. You just kind to know based on their but, experience. But siblings. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, 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 I mean, you can ask people about their family. But, I mean, yeah. it's a little weird. It's it it a little is, weird to it gets ask It's a little weird? Yeah.
0: It's just So you first child, second child? Yeah, exactly. Or the
2: youngest? I think this came up at lunch sometime. But anyways. What a trip. It's Younger siblings. You'll find something. I'm
0: the youngest, so You'll um, find
2: something where you're not fully diverse, and it's difficult to sli- it's, it's, it's difficult to yeah. fully slice and dice uh, the data to make sure that you are diverse in every dimension. You can always Wait. find some dimension where you might not be diverse.
0: Well, as we go further in this, you just start realizing things that you don't know. That's one yeah. of the things that I think is fascinating. It's like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a thing. So, all right, let's do the opposite. So... What are we getting wrong with DEI? Or what would you like to see improvements being made in in the next couple of years? Like, What should we be focusing on? And I'll start with you, Deborah.
2: Thank you. Um, I? <laughs> that <I'm>, was sarcasm. <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> uh, I... Um, it's it's, it's
2: it's it's interesting because I actually like at this point I've spent the last 5 years working on Sparrow. Yeah. And uh on in my in my mind uh I don't experience a lot of the diversity issues that I used to. I mean right. like I was uh, when I mean uh, I when I went to MIT I was a computer science major. Right. Uh a third of actually all a third of all MIT computer science majors are women. Right. Um, so I think in, in my head that is sort of like half and half. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I was when I went to did my PhD, started my PhD at Harvard. I was actually the the only woman in my entering class okay. in science there. So there have been all these moments. I think when I was working as a software engineer, I was the only woman engineer there as well. So I felt like it was always an issue. Right. Until I got to Sparrow.
0: Right. Well, and you then, created a difference from
2: my perspective. Yeah. It's not an issue anymore, right? Because we have, we have, you know, made sure that we're developing these systems and processes, and making sure it's not like. Certainly, everyone still has unconscious bias, and we—it's a—it's a a process you sort of need to constantly be working on it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day. we're scaling intentionally, and you know we're scan One of our values is scaling intentionally, right? And uh, you know it, it looks like, so at least so far, we're managing to scale a diverse
0: team. Tim, what about you? And again, not just your company, but just across the landscape, corporate America, people you're, you interact with. Where do you think we're missing?
1: Two things. One, I think we don't put enough market dynamics into that measuring side, so we just go. Is it more is better always, right? And you're like, well. Sometimes you just you put your HR teams or your TA teams in this kind of never-ending win situation, which is, you know, I have a great one when I when I ran TA at a large health system, and they they were like, we want to match our African American woman nursing population with the African American woman population in the city we're in. And I'm like, but that's not an apples to apples comparison because as we might be 18% African American women in our city, definitely 18% of those women are not RNs. Right. In fact, it was only like six percent. And we were already at 7%, and, and, but there was no reality for the board to understand this is the market. And they were right. saying, no, it has to be 18%. I go, look, I could have hired every single <laughs> black female nurse in our city and still not gotten to 18%. I would have had to bust them in from another city, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was going to cost millions of dollars. That's not, a, dollar. good look, like, <laughs> not yeah, a good exactly. look, Yeah, exactly. We're like busing, you know, this, this <laughs> no. is your example.
0: Uh, not a good look. Not a good look. And,
1: they, and they're looking at me like I'm the problem, and you're like, no, this is you know, thing. And what Deborah was just talking about, the software engineering thing, like if Google and Facebook got together and they they wanted more female software engineers, they could have solved this two decades ago, but you have to solve it with young girls coming into the system in in elementary and pre-elementary education and STEM. They could have built world-class educational systems just for women that are gonna lead them in this path of STEM. Right. But they didn't. Instead, they're gonna spend billions of dollars talking about how great of an employer they are versus going out and showing, this is how we're gonna actually functionally change the, the environment of who we want. So I still, and again, we know how we know we know the reason. The reason right. is, is Google goes, okay, we spend all that money and then Twitter's gonna steal them from us and T- Tesla's That's gonna right. steal them from us. And it's a really old school crappy mentality. It's like, no, everybody should just invest in, in, in making what you wanna make and making a more inclusive kind of workforce and giving people these opportunities at a super young age. Because by the time you wait to college, you're not gonna find enough super smart Debras that are gonna be there. They're right. not gonna happen. That's right. We have to do it when they're freaking little tiny sponges, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One one thing that I think a lot of companies forget is, uh, and it, it's it's very easy to overlook this, but just making sure that at the top of the funnel they're sourcing enough candidates of within a you know uh, diverse enough backgrounds. Like yeah. This is something I say like every time it looks like our pipeline is a little bit out of whack. If we go out and we do the work to source. Four candidates right. of, of a wider variety of demographics. Um, I would say, so often we end up hiring someone from one of those demographics. Right. I think that it's just it's very that's, inten- it,
0: that's intentionality. Yes. though. And, and yeah, And it's yeah, yeah.
2: it's really lots of times it is just actually they are massively better than everyone else who we interviewed. I think there's right. this concept that you need to lower the bar. Oh yeah, no, I um, hate that. Yeah, but lots of times actually they're just I think I think. In, this is probably a second-order effect, but I think lots of times women and minorities to be taken to be taken as seriously as a, twice non, as. As, a as a non-diverse candidate. They need to work twice as hard, be twice as good. Right. And when they hit a skills-based interview process, they're just twice as good. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> as a business owner, and because you've done so much work in this, do you ever feel, and this is a setup question, like you're going to actually have to go out and say, "Shoot, we need more white dudes in this company." <laughs> Come on. Like, you're over 50% women, over 50% people of color.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, it, it Dude, is. Uh, actually, as, as I a, mean, if
0: you
1: really want to be inclusive. As
0: a
2: pear-shaped, middle-aged
0: white guy, <laughs> I got to fight for the right.
2: Uh, we, actually, we actually have. We actually have, at times, sourced more men for roles because you're we kidding. found that it was not... Uh, the pipeline was not 50-50, right. and right. we wanted to make sure that we had a diverse team.
0: And with the intentionality that you built the firm, you know, it's intentional. I mean, we're, we're, we're laughing about it, but it's super yeah. serious is that I think Tim and I have had this discussion for a long time. It's like, okay, m- women are going to be in power. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Are they going to make the exact same mistakes that we made? Or are the mistakes going to be different? Because they're going to make mistakes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... Is it, is, it, is it going to be just as bad to go to a Silicon Valley VC website and see all women, all white women?
2: I think I think it will be a while until yeah. that happens. You should be like, slow we'll, down, William. I think we'll have a lot. Deborah, I think we'll have a lot of time to innovate and happen. correct our uh, mistakes.
0: Deborah, we need to happen, this needs to happen next week. Um, all right, last thing is about measurement. This is super easy. It's just like, Everyone's on their own kind of journey. Corporate America's on their own journey with this stuff. Every company is doing this differently. But what, what, in fact, somebody earlier said the way that they look at measurements and how they feel like they're doing is they look at promotions. If they zero in on who's being promoted, then it gives them an idea of if things are broken or not. And another guest uh, talked about allyship. Like they focus on allyship and the, the metrics around allyship. Uh, which I found fascinating, so Deborah, of course she what do you if you, if we 're doing this well and it 's not just you and Sparrow, but just even your clients and outside of that, how do we know we 're doing this well this, you know that old yeah. thing about you, you can be busy yeah, but are you actually being effective
2: yeah, i think so like like I said earlier I am a data person at heart, um, and I was think- going to
0: say nerd but
2: yeah, yeah. Got it. A data, data person slash nerd <laughs> at heart. Um, so You can't say
0: Harvard and MIT. Yeah. And it yeah. not be. Sorry. Yeah. Just doesn't work. No.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> she
1: loves your Pikachu shirt. So
2: yeah. it's all,
1: it all kind of came together.
0: <laughs> now we're stereotyping. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> this is, this is a, now we're, we're doing a master class on stereotyping.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyhow. You like data. Um, got it.
2: Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, it's really hard to see if you're making progress if you don't try in advance to say what are the metrics that we what are the metrics that we need to see in order to know if we are succeeding. What's the goal? Or if we're failing. Yeah. And then just measuring those metrics, watching them all the time. Um, You know, and some of those, and you want to place them at various points in time as well. I mean, like certainly we can look at our team and say this is what the team looks like today, but. If we are not sourcing carefully and interviewing carefully, like we're we tripled our headcount in the last year. I mean, like all it would take is one year of not watching that, and right. suddenly the team is totally different. Right. Um, so I would say, I, I think what you said is a great point in that it's like it's not just hiring. You know, you like need to be careful in sourcing. You need to be watching interviewer feedback and slicing and dicing the data that way. But then, in addition to that, you do also need to be looking at what is the experience, what are people's experience when they're here? Are they, when they join, are they staying with us? You know, are they excited about what they're doing? Right. Um, what is the sort of feedback they're getting? You know, and I think that's, especially when a team is growing quickly, you need to. Uh, it's a lot of training for us. Like it's always, we take onboarding very seriously. Right. <laughs> Just making sure that people understand our values, what it is we're trying to do, how it is we want to interact with one another, um, and how how we want to support one another in our careers. Um, and I think if you do a lot of that expectation setting up front, it makes it easier for managers to have those development conversations and coaching conversations to maintain that environment as the team grows when people struggle.
0: It's it's fascinating because, because you've been so intentional, you're out of place, but what you're also is... You're thinking about this could get off the rails quickly if we don't stay diligent, mm-hmm. right? It,
2: it, it is a process. No right. one, no one has fixed DEI, <laughs> and no one ever will fix DEI on right. some level. Like right. you know, it really is like you have to be thinking about it all the time and build it into your systems right. and how how it is you interact with one another.
1: Love it, Deborah. I got a question. Like you could have built anything. Like you're smart. Like you got the credentials. Why did you build? Why did you decide to build Sparrow?
2: Uh, So, I was halfway through this PhD at Harvard, and uh, there was this one six-month period where six of my friends went out on some kind of leave, Yeah. and uh, all of them struggled with the paperwork, the process, the timing, half of them ended up making mistakes, not getting paid properly, and uh, spending a lot of extra hours with their HR teams, and we started looking more into how HR was managing it, and found in a lot of ways it's even more painful for them. Oh, 100%, sure, yeah. There are so many things they need to track. um, Yeah, the
0: brokenness is everywhere.
2: Yeah, and, and they're sort of they're trying to fix it, but there's just too much information in too many different places. And yeah. usually people are managing this in-house. Yeah, with Excel um, spreadsheets. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's just just the, the
0: largest HR tech vendor in the world. Exactly. Microsoft yeah. Office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a good one actually. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh it is by far. Yeah. <laughs> Excel is the number one HR oh, software in the world. <laughs> oh, Tim,
1: when you were at Applebee's, did you Excel. Oh yeah. No, yeah. you can go into any you could go out into the keynote tomorrow morning and say Raise your hands if you use Microsoft Excel and HR, and every single person would raise their hand. percent. Yeah. the most used software. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Be, now you had Google Sheets, and Google Drive, <laughs> yeah. and Google this, Google that, whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, so the, so the reason is you're, you went through this and you saw your friends going through all this pain you said, I got to go fix this.
2: Yeah, it's just it's such an incredible pain point. Like it is, it affects everyone. I mean, every company that has employees has employees who take time off work. That's right. And- uh, That should be easy. And they're and they're struggling. Yeah. You know, they're they're really, like, ten percent on average. Ten percent of your headcount goes out on leave each year, so that is, you know, ten percent of people who are really having this. And it's from, from an employer perspective, it's an opportunity to really step up and support your employees. Right, right, right. right, right. Uh, at, at a moment when they need it more than any other time, Which uh, it's is an opportunity to engagement,
0: experience, retention, all the things we care about or yeah. should care about. Yeah, yeah and about even it. at least and, we talk about them.
2: And even when people really care about it. Uh, often they just are not equipped right so, and the thing that was just so striking to me about the problem is that is and some of it's a logistical problem and it's something that software is great at making sure that the right people have the right information at the right time in right. the right format right uh, and it just seemed like I just honestly I just couldn't believe that it wasn't done already <laughs> right right. Um, and uh, but I think I think we found quickly that well software is great for the majority of the process you know like Um, delivering notifications making sure that that information is delivered in the right format right it's just such a sensitive time in your life that you don't necessarily want everything to be fully automated just like no one a lot of people think they want an AI doctor. This is something that came up a lot when I was in my PhD. Uh, no one actually wants an AI doctor. Because, like, Do you really want to go to a vending machine and pick up your medications? Yeah, I, I, well,
1: uh, I mean, it depends like, on the medication. We, yeah, yeah we, maybe, maybe. You know, that's, well, we, we want a doctor to give us the drugs that we want without, exactly. without judgment. Yeah.
2: <laughs> At the very least, you will kind of want someone to read the back of the bottle too. Fair, Fair and Fair say enough. like Yes, this is actually the right dosage.
0: (laughs) Um, Why are you running out every month?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Similarly, I don't think any people actually want the whole leave process to be automated. Because people are taking leave because something massive happened in their life. Something so big, they can't manage their work life.
0: And it's emotional, as you said before. It's super emotional. So the details of doing it, like reducing friction for the employee, reducing friction for HR... Check. Got that. All right, did you did you talk about measurement at all?
1: No. Um you I, I there? still well I would say that we as an as like just a That's world great. are crappy at measuring success, right? And you think the most engaged employees the, the you know are the ones who are being most successful. It, it, like I get into the whole remote, hybrid, kind of on-prem kind of like stuff. That it's not a performance issue whether your butt is in the seat in an office or it's sitting on your couch. Is we do we're just crappy at measurement. We don't we don't know what success looks like in every role in our company, right. and so we go well. In spite of not having that, then if you put your butt in the seat, then I then at least I know you're here, <laughs> and that becomes the measuring of success. Your butt is in a seat. Yeah. It's not really doing the work. No, and so I think when we, even on the DE and I side of like if we could just have great measures around success. Everything else would actually line up a lot better. Right. But we can't do that. So then you want to go? Oh well, then that that opens up somebody going. Well, you're measuring me differently because you're a male and I'm female and blah blah blah. And like, no, we have we have a tremendous measures of success that have validated to success. That's why you're being measured. By the way, our employees actually want this as well. They want to know what is what do I need to do to be successful? And then you can't tell me I'm not successful. That's right. right? You might tell me I'm an asshole, but that's different. <laughs> that's a different conversation. That's a whole different yeah. conversation.
0: <laughs> Um, Y'all have been fantastic. Thank you so much, both of you, for carving out time, coming on the podcast and helping
1: us. Thank you. Thank you.